the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, Hour 2. It is Friday, and that means... Open Line Friday, anything that you want to call about, you can, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557 is the number. We will change the conversation for anything else you'd like to talk about, 888-528-2557, and, uh, you know, or you can just, you you can uh, continue the conversation as we're, we're going, or you can add something else, maybe a question about the Bible, a question about something in the news, or just something that is on your mind, 888-528-2557. In the last hour, we ended up taking some calls and having conversation about raising our kids and, you know, letting the faith become their own and having conversation about why it's important to let our kids ask questions, why it's important to let our kids actually you ask even the hard questions and don't force them into things. I have a friend who left the faith. A caller in the last hour said uh, he left the faith. Uh, his parents forced him to go to church. I said he had a drug problem. His mom drug him to church. And uh, a friend of mine went to college, went to a Christian college, and took some course and asked questions about dinosaurs and creation and those issues and was told those issues are not allowed to be discussed. And she just about left the faith Christianity because of that. She said, well, if I can't ask questions, then what else isn't true? And, you know, we shouldn't be afraid of any question. If what we have as believers is the truth, the ontological real truth, we should not be afraid. You know, in our regular life, if we're a person who speaks the truth, it's a much better way to live life, right? If you're somebody who just says things that that are the way they are, and you just tell the truth when somebody asks you a question. You don't have to remember whatever phony story you made up. And you don't have to hide something that maybe you did or something. You just you just tell the truth. It's a very peaceful way to live. And when it comes to serious issues like faith um, and morality and things like that, some of the fear I think we have as parents, and I'm a parent, I've got a 13-year-old James and 10-year-old John, you know, you're afraid of what's going to happen as they get older and make their own decision about faith, but you can't stop them from making their own decision. You can't. Um, They're going to make it. What you want is them to make a decision based on what is true, and so there's no need to hide the truth. And if you get a hard question and you don't know the answer, it's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, well, let's investigate that together. I don't know. And I think it really matters. And part of this issue is the issue of religion versus just having faith, meaning that often we go to church 
and it's called Cultural Christianity. This has actually been trending on Twitter for a couple of days. Lots of conversation about cultural Christianity, the idea of, and there's a positive and a negative side of it. The positive side of it is that maybe everybody's not a Christian, but if we're following a Judeo-Christian ethic and how we make decisions and why, you know, if we believe that our rights come from a creator, that our rights don't come from government, for example, they come from a creator, then we're better off than if we think that they come from government, because government can just take them away. Uh, as easily as they granted them. But if we believe that we have certain rights that come from a creator, then we always have a goal to shoot for. We always have something that we can shoot for to make our country better, to make our communities better, to acknowledge, hey, we're falling short on letting people have these rights, and we're falling short on, on dueling these things that come from a creator. If it's just a government, well, then you just change the law and you take away the rights. And that's what world history has shown us happens. Friend of mine, his parents have this interesting testimony that they tell. And one of it is, is that as they were married, she was a, a church-going Christian, and he was not. He didn't go to church. He was not a Christian, wouldn't tell people he was a Christian. And she prayed for him and went to church and prayed for him that he would become a Christian for many years. Finally, she convinced him, nagged him to go to men's retreat, to men's uh, you know weekend with the church, men's group. And he did, and he went up there, and they got saved, went up there and accepted Christ. And the interesting thing, though, about their story is he came home and said, I accepted Christ, started going to church, and then he realized something later. And this is an incredible thing about their story. He said, I realized that my wife, who had been in church her whole life, was actually not a Christian. And suddenly... He's thinking, I've got to bring this up to her. I don't think she knows Jesus. I think she knows the routine of church. I think she knows the routine of ministry, and she's dedicated. She goes every week, and she does all the things. But I don't think she knows Jesus, really. I don't think she's really accepted the grace of God. And of course, he knew things about what her struggles were, and he knew you know, different things that she dealt with and how she dealt with them. And he finally told her, I don't think you're a Christian. And she was furious, like you would be, like ticked off. Like, what, how dare you tell me I'm not a Christian? You've been a Christian 10 minutes. And how in the world do you know? There are a whole lot of that. It was, it's for real, right? That's for real. But her testimony is, that bugged me for a long time, but I couldn't get it out of my mind. And eventually I understood that actually his right. I've been going to church and I don't, I don't know if I believe this stuff. I don't know if I believe that I'm saved by grace or that I have to earn it. You know, in her mind, it was, I'm sure, a lot better than these other people and a lot of comparison and things like that and realizing, hey, we're saved by grace, not by works. And she then says her, their story is that he became saved first and she got saved later. And it's a really interesting testimony. And it should, it should cause us, particularly if we've always been around the church, to really say, am I going because this is just something that I do? It's just religion. It's just I'm going to go on Sunday, and this is my routine, and this is my this is where my friends are. This is where I feel comfortable, and this is where I've always been. This is where I know the words. This is where, you know, or am I going to let the Holy Spirit do some work on me? Am I growing to grow closer to Christ? Am I growing so that I become a better disciple maker with my non-Christian friends? Um, you know, coming, coming to church, there's a whole lot of reason to gather, but a big part of it is so that we're more effective in our regular life. So that when we leave church, the 167 hours a week that you're not in a church service, you are a better witness for Christ in whatever God's called you to do.
888-528-2557. Jackie in Compton, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Well, hi, I'm Pastor Scott. How hi, you Jackie. Doing? I'm good. How are you? Beautiful day, huh? It is a beautiful, beautiful day. day. Beautiful. It's yes, going to be a beautiful weekend. There's going to be rain next week, though, just a warning. <laughs> yeah, I was um, wanted to talk about what you're talking about. I was listening to the previous caller that called that about children making their own decision. Yeah. And um, I wanted to say that I think it's important as being a believer that our children, our grandchildren, I think by us loving the Lord and, and, and following God, that it's good for us to plant that seed. We, we, I believe I need to plant that seed into my grandchildren and to my children, which I did, but to my grandchildren too. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I think, because God says go out there and, and minister and walk, and walk his, his, his path. So I think it's very important, and even we're planting the seed. So even if they falter and they get into other stuff later, they have that foundation. They have that. They have that seed that can grow, and it's like a seed could either, you know, like God says in the Bible, it could wither, it could take root. And we, after we plant that seed, we pray, we we keep planting that seed. With my grandchildren, that's what I'm doing because my daughter and her husband. They really do not follow the Lord, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm planting that seed with my little grandchildren, and I'm, that's my job. That's and, what I believe I need to do, and I'm going to keep planting it as much as I can. Yep. And that's what I wanted to say. I think it's very important that we do that. That's just my opinion. Well, I yes. think you're right about that, and I'm glad that you're doing that with your grandkids. And you know, you can't force that seed to sprout. But right, would it, exactly. You know, the Lord will take care of that, and if it, if it falls yes. in the fertile soil, it will, and yes. and that means it's doing it with the Lord, and not just because they want to please Grandma. You know, they right, they need exactly. to do it because they want to please that. the Lord. Matt, right, matters yes. greatly, and it's discipleship, Jackie. You're discipling your grandkids, and that's what you should do. Thank so, you. Good job. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. It is Open Line Friday. Talk about anything you'd like to talk about, 888-528-2557, whatever is on your mind, 888-528-2557. Dawn in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Yeah, hi, this is Dawn. Hi, Dawn. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, hi. You know, um, this is what's on my mind. I'm a born-again believer. Um, I got born again 11 years ago. Jesus called me out by name. I had a powerful conversion experience. And ever since, my entire life was changed in 30 seconds flat. I think about him 24 hours a day, and it's, it's glorious. I'm, I'm so happy this happened to me. I'm, I'm, I'm just beyond thrilled. But my, my question is this. Um, there's a prophet out of uh, St. Louis, Missouri, David E. Taylor, and he has had a vision from the angel Gabriel, we're going to go to war with Russia, and that the economy is going to crash in about three and a half years, and then there's going to be a big outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the one that we've all prayed and hoped for. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that that is coming in the earth, and it's coming soon. Like, what we can see in the natural is, is real. I mean, it's not like this isn't really happening. 
And, um, you know, he is a proven face-to-face prophet. He, he hasn't made any mistakes. How do we know that? And, um, well, by the things he's prophesied, they've come, to, they've come to pass. He was one of the prophets on, on uh, 9-11 that was actually on the ground zero the day before it happened, telling people, don't go in, don't go in. Um, you know, there's going to be a, 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 an attack. And, of course, that is what happened. He's had many other things, but my my thing my point is, I don't think people are are in the church are ready for what's about ready to break out in this earth, and um, I just want people to understand. Don, you there? Right, forever. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Don. I appreciate your call on that. Uh, you know, okay. I think that there are. For sure, at some point, there's hard times coming. I don't know anything about this guy that you you talked about. Be careful with, uh, you know, people out there who are proclaiming their prophets. You know, are they getting the glory or is the Lord and are they always right? Um, I would look at the news today and tell you we're going to have an economic problem and we're going to go to war. Uh, That's pretty obvious. I don't think that's all that, uh, um, you know, interesting. Um, I mean, it's interesting, but as far as being prophetic, it's not hard to discern that. Maybe he's got a great gift of discernment for all that. And to put a date and a year on it, most people are wrong about that. But, uh, you know, let's say he's right. Okay, well, good for him. Maybe the Lord gave him that. Regardless, we have to be ready for calamity. I think you're right about the fact that maybe we're not ready for what's coming. That, you know, I, I'm concerned about that when we're talking about war, because if if we go to war with China or Russia— and I'm not saying that we are, but if we do, that's going to be here, folks, right? It's not going to be off in some other land somewhere. We're going to feel it. We're going to, there will be things that affect us directly in this country. And, you know, that's the reality of the world, that war is something that has always been with us. And as far as being ready, we've got to be ready for whatever is coming. That's one of the messages in the scriptures is do not be deceived. You know, when Jesus is asked about the end times, when the apostles talk about uh, different things, there is so much about not being deceived. And that's usually where the, the church is in trouble, is that we're, we're deceived by false teachings or we're deceived by a false comfort or, you know, a lot of different things that we think might be true that are not. We have to be on the ball, and uh, that it matters. And, you know, getting back to the subject that we were talking about with our kids, you know, we don't want our kids to be deceived. We don't want our kids to have a a false faith. I had, uh, I spoke at a retreat one time, and what they asked me to talk about was, you know, how the Bible came together, and I gave some examples of that. And there was somebody there who actually was a staff person at the church who was really upset that I talked about some biblical scholarship. And there's some passages and different things that scholars say are either, you know, might be this or might be that. There's some difference of opinion about different things out there. Some of it's legitimate scholarship, some of it's, you know, probably less, but it's just real. And and he didn't think people should know anything about that. And I said, well, people shouldn't think the Bible just fell out of the sky one day. You know, it, it came together with 40 different authors over 1,500 years and the remarkable thing about the scripture is that all of those authors told the same story and pointed to the same guy, Jesus Christ. And when we look at different copies of it and we look at different things, yeah, there's some passages that people question and there's some that are not in the oldest manuscripts. And if you've got a lot of the uh, translations of the Bible today, acknowledge that right in there. And it goes right back to our statements earlier that we shouldn't be afraid of the truth. 
we shouldn't be afraid to say, you know what, this passage in John may, you know, doesn't appear in some of the later manuscripts or it appears in a different place in some of them. And uh, we're just noting that. We're noting that because we're honest and straightforward. We shouldn't hide it. If we hide it, then we'd have to, you, the questions would be a lot worse. Why are you hiding that? You know what I mean? All right, 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Open Phone Friday, Amber and Corona. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. I just uh, wanted to comment on the, the gentleman caller who said that he believed that it wasn't right to um, force a child to make a decision, which I totally agree with that. You yeah. have to have your own conversion, right? Yeah. But I grew up, and my mom, uh, you know, I had no idea of religion at all. She was one of those people who wanted me to have make a choice later on in life. But the problem is, is she wasn't giving me anything to choose from. You know, I had no idea of right and wrong. I was literally making huge, dangerous decisions that I really, you know, I just thought that was everyday life, right? Mm -hmm. And I got into drugs. My life got horrible, you know, and God really, like, like the gentleman in the shower. I literally, like, had lost two kids. I had, you know, was... And I was screaming out, I was homeless, I was in my car, I was, had an argument with my mom at my lowest, and I was screaming out to God in the middle of the rain, if you're real, send help, you know? And so the next day, a social worker showed up at my house and told me, uh, someone had said I was on drugs, and she said, listen, if you tell me no, I'll believe you, but if you tell me yes, let's get you help. And I heard that word help after asking him for help, hmm. and I said yes. And literally, that turned my whole life around. I mean, I've literally been faced with every, practically every traumatic thing that can happen, you know? Yeah. The, my children dying, uh, just a bunch of stuff. I, mm. I don't have time to do it on this call, but I feel like you have to, and so once I changed my life, my kids were like, uh, I don't know, really like six, and then my, it wasn't like full on in a church yet until they were about 10, right? And... uh so I gave them some, you know, upbringing in the church, and my son, my one son, gave his life to God, and he wanted to be a pastor until something happened with the pastor that kind of let him down yeah. somehow, and he left the ministry. So then he, you know, he was kind of turned away from the Lord. So I have now three children. I mean, two have given their life, one hasn't, but at least I know that I have given them some of the Lord's Word. Right. Yep. So yep. I've given them something. So when the time comes, God's word will come back to them as they're getting older, they're processing yep. stuff. And I've, I've seen that happen. So it, I feel like, it, it, yeah, it's beneficial to, to send them to church and to give them God's word so they have something to choose from when they're making that decision. Yeah, you're right about that. And also, you know, they saw God change your life, right? The scriptures. Right. Uh, that's why our testimony matters, right? Is that yes. if. If we really believe in a following Jesus, it's going to be a, a thing that people notice in our life and the way we love people. Thank you for calling. I'm glad that you're doing well for and you're sure. working with the Lord. Amber, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. 888-528-2557. Johnny, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Johnny. Oh, hi. Yes. Hi, I'm Johnny. Pastor Scott. Just, yes, I'm here. Go ahead. Um, I just want to come in and on um, trying, you know, regarding children being in church. Um, the Word of God said, train up a child in the way you should go and when you will not depart. And I'm a firm believer that 
kids watch the life that you live as a parent mm-hmm. and with them being in church and service and they see you, of course, you know, mom and dad struggle, but they see that God brought them through and that they never lost faith. So it will help them when they, when they encounter things in life to know that the Lord will see them through, you I... know, regardless to what the situation may be. And they would never forget about you know, well, mom raised me in church, and she went through this situation, and dad went through this situation, but they never stopped going and giving the, the praise to the Lord. But he always seen them through. They will always revert back to that it's, even when they older. It's a big thing about your training up your child, that it isn't just in the knowledge or the routines of church. Maybe some of the biggest ways you train your kids is is how you respond to life's events. And are you a Christian all week long? Are you praising the Lord all week long? Do you trust the Lord even in the hard times? They see that. And a lot of you know, a lot of people today who grew up in church, who left the church, one of the things they'll tell you is, I don't think any of those people believe that stuff because I was with my mom and dad, you know, and uh, throughout the week, and I don't think they believed it. Um, And they might be right or wrong, but our behavior is is seen by our kids it and Most it's a definitely. part of training them up and being vulnerable even when you have a uh when you do something wrong it uh it helps because nobody's perfect and it gives you an opportunity to teach about grace and our savior and forgiveness and, and not only that it doesn't mean that if they brought up in church that they won't stray away but they would never forget yeah they have a foundation to come back to and a lot yes. of people do. I got to take a break, Johnny. Thank you very much for your call. My first ministry was young adult ministry, and that's one of the most exciting things about that ministry. It's a lot of people coming back to the faith because of the foundation that they had. And sometimes they come back pretty wounded, but they come back to the faith and forgiveness and grace, and it's a wonderful thing. I got to take a break. This is the Pastor Scott Show, Open Line Friday. We'll talk about anything you'd like to talk about. Uh, Shelly Day and Rick and others will get your calls as soon as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Friday edition. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show. 90 degrees this weekend in different places in Southern California, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Take advantage of it. There will be rain again next week. Welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phones. Rick in Los Angeles, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Scott. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead, Rick. Uh, hi. Um, thanks for having me. I uh, spoke to you a couple of times. One of them with my son as well. Uh, I wanted to uh, drop a couple of things. Uh, first of all, um, the subject uh, talked about with a couple of other callers that is absolutely essential that we put that seed of faith in our youth and our children <clears throat> because there is a time in which they uh, the world just as it is, as it is today and it doesn't take them away and uh, by putting that seed that sometimes is a guarantee of their return and I'm speaking for myself because my mother put that seed on me mm. I was baptized and I saw her faith and then I walked away I mean she did all kinds of things including having me watch King of Kings with Jeffrey Hunter every Easter but uh, and and I did my 40 years in the desert and I came back to to, to Jesus and actually not more than coming back I actually have a relationship 
which I never had before. And I'm doing that with my son now, you know, and in and, and, and the subject of, of not just that, but also how we behave because, you know, they model after us. So when we pray and we pray together and I ask for forgiveness, sometimes I ask for forgiveness of sometimes behaviors that I have in front of him. So he can listen that I ask God for forgiveness on things that, I may have. You yeah, know, I think that's a out. that's a great uh, example that our kids need to see that we're not that we need forgiveness when we clearly yeah, do things wrong. Yeah. In, for example, on things that I may have, you know, at some point we lose our patience with our kids, you know, and ask forgiveness in front of our kids for having lost that patience with them, right? Um, but the other things that I wanted to mention, I think it's very important that people start paying attention of, of, of these converging events that are taking place. Uh, you touched upon war, which is not going to be a proxy war. A war with China will not be a proxy war fought in some other form, some other, you know, some form out there. Mm-hmm. It, it will definitely take a completely different shape. Uh, but all these other converging events that are happening, and if they're not a testament that we are living in the times that we're living, and the times meaning times being near. Today I, I, I faced a couple of things and online and in conversations. Uh, there was a post uh, about... Um, a new group emerging, which is uh, WAP, Youth Attractive Persons Group, yeah. that yeah. Have, have come up with their own flag, by the way. This is the next victim group. Yeah, that it's coming. Yeah, that is going to And what that is, is that so, so, that people, yeah, so that people can hear, it's uh, minor attracted persons. It's a new word for pedophilia, but it's to try to uh, create, um, to allow it to be okay. And, and not only that, but also label of bigot and hate and, and hater anybody opposing to such a such a abomination right uh it, it, it's there to the point that i think there is a group called gays against groomers are actually denouncing on 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 on, on that group so for that to happen so yeah. it got to be really really abominable we got it we've got um, a lot coming I, I got a bunch of other calls i appreciate your call I'm rick sorry, and yeah. I, it's all right all and right. i i think that that you know we need to be prepared for just the what all that means, I think that's why really looking at the kids and what's happening to our kids in a lot of different areas, it's so, it's a place where I think we're going to find in the in the culture still a lot of agreement where I think most people, regardless of your political stance on things, agrees that there shouldn't be sexual activity going on with kids and you shouldn't be showing kids pornography and the stuff that they want to teach kids, you know, in uh, younger ages of grade school is not appropriate. I think most people agree. I think that we're afraid to speak out for the reason that you're going to get called a bigot or some kind of name. But I think most people, 80, 90 percent are on the same page, relatively speaking, or could find really good common ground with that. And now's the time because the direction of this and it's moving very, very quickly um, is not good. And it's the kids who are being being harmed. 888-528-2557. This is the Pastor Scott Show Open Line Friday. We'll talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Uh, Shelly, welcome to Pastor Scott Show. Yes, um, Pastor Scott. Um, uh, Frankenstein, that old horror movie. The old horror movie, um, Frankenstein. You you dropped out for a minute there, so you want to talk about the old horror story, Frankenstein. Do you have a question about that? I have something to say about it. Okay, go ahead. Um. When he tried his hand at uh, regenerating uh, male and female, he created monsters. Okay, the monsters 
what exactly um, what he hoped they'd be, but they served his purpose. That caused fear and terror in the community. Mm-hmm. The people had to um, figure out a way to destroy this energy that was in the air. So they decided to burn it down. How did they go about it? They went about it by lighting their torches to set the the, um, the whole area ablaze. Uh-huh. And I, I think that this world has become a Frankenstein to the point where um, the nuclear devices that have been created is going to set the place on fire and burn it all down. Maybe so, maybe so. Shelley, thanks for calling. And uh, have you ever read the book, Frankenstein, rather than the movie? Have you actually read the book? No, I've only seen it on TV. Yeah, I would say, you know, if you read the book, I think you will find that book to actually be very, very relevant for what's happening in the world today. Thank you for calling, uh, Shelley. Appreciate that. A few years ago, I decided, you know, in my... I wanted to read these monster books, right? What in the world? Are, why are these mo- monster books so popular? Why do we make the movies? Why are some of the movies different? And uh, Frankenstein was a great book written by Mary Shelley. And actually, the book is probably more specifically about abortion. Some modern writers try to say that it's a pro-choice book, saying that that once Dr. Frankenstein, the monster's not named Frankenstein, right? The doctor's named Frankenstein. But once that uh, Dr. Frankenstein realized that the monster was a disaster, what he does is he abandons it. And the abortion activists would say, well, he should have killed it. But in the book, what is being said is, the, in fact, the monster at the end of the book says, I am an abortion. And the monster in the book silently kills women. And the monster in the book is terrorizing women and terrorizing towns, but they don't want to talk about it. And... You know, it's it's one of those things where you read that book and you go, well, this book is is about abortion and what it does, and it's against abortion. It's a fascinating book, and you can get into it, all kinds of things. That it's also a you know about you know just because we can do something with science, and that book it's reanimating you know dead life, doesn't mean we should. I mean, it's a complete disaster, uh, Frankenstein, and what happened there. And of course, it was done with good intentions. It was done in such a way that uh, is oh no this is good this will be good for people this will be in, and it's a disaster and then we just pretend it didn't happen and blame other people. Uh, brilliant book Frankenstein if you want to go read one of the old monster books Dracula I didn't think it was that good in fact the movies are nothing like the book and there's a reason I think the book isn't that good eight 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 five two eight two five five seven eight 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 five two eight two five five seven Dale and Escondido welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Hello. Hi, Dale. Is it Dale? Yes. Nice. Hi. Hi. Thanks for calling. Um, Thank you. Okay, so I'll just try to do factual statements. We as born-again body believers right now, I'm talking about in the present tense, okay? Okay. We have the Holy Spirit. When the rapture happens and Jesus is coming for his bride to, to take us to heaven... So we have the Holy Spirit, and then the Bride of Christ, uh, he takes. He's coming for his bride, so he's going to take, take us home with the rapture. Okay. The people, even now, and have been for whoever, however long, they're, they're trying to say since this 
lockdown and all that stuff, that there's this great apostasy happening. It is, it isn't, whatever. But what I'm saying is that those people that are walking away from from the churches that are, are not to say that they're not saved or they are saved or whatever, but they're walking away, they're up, they're apostatizing from the church, and the and the rapture happens, and they don't go. Okay, so hypothetically, they don't go. Okay. They're not going to go. If they're not saved. So, right. Oh, well, okay. So what I'm saying, though, is that um, there's only going to be the knowledge that we as believers— before the rapture, we're right. So then Jesus comes, takes his church, his bride, and, and goes. The people in the first three and a half years of Revelation, will they have, they will have the knowledge, but they're not going to have the Holy Spirit because, because the Holy Spirit's gone. I'm asking that question. You're asking that question? Yes. Uh, well, in... Uh let me answer it in two ways. Mm-hmm. Number one, they're going to have the Bible. Okay. Yeah. So the word of God is going to be very prevalent. Yes. Okay. And there are a lot of different interpretations about what happens at the end times. Okay. Many. And mm-hmm. there are some people who say that the Holy Spirit is not there in uh, the end. And there are other people who say that he is. It all, de- you know, there's, there's a lot of theology that goes into why some people would believe that there is a rapture of the church and there's differences of opinion in the, into the reasons why. Um, and so, I mean, I, I would say that at the end of the day, whatever happens, you have to trust God that it's part of the plan and that people who are around, whether it's only those people or it's everybody or whoever's around during that end time, mm. that there is a way for them to know the truth. And that it will be legitimate, right? Because what's going to happen is that the people that have committed apostasy here in the present and the church leaves, those people will be the ones that will be martyred. And the only way they're going to have that understanding of knowledge is because of what the word said. And they're going to be martyred. And that's their only way out. Well, and, that, you know, if there is a, a rapture and all of their Christian friends are gone, they're probably going to get saved pretty quick. Well, you know they, what I mean? but, yeah, but, you know, the bottom line to that is, mm-hmm. is that they are going to have a second chance. Amen. They're yeah. going to have that second chance, but they're going to have to be martyred. Many of them will, for sure. Probably most, uh, I think, is how you look at it. But, you know, I think when that I'm saying the Holy Spirit. I'm talking. I'm just yeah. wondering about if, oh. if they're going to have the Holy Spirit knowing that or yeah. the or just. The, I'll give you my knowledge. I'll give you my opinion, and I got to go to a break. Okay. Okay. My opinion is the Holy Spirit will be there uh, during the tribulation. I don't think that the Holy Spirit is taken away. I think that the Holy Spirit stops holding back the lawless one, the Antichrist. But I think that the Holy Spirit uh, is going to be present, uh, just like He is in the Old Testament. He's there at the creation yeah. story, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't think yeah. that God is no longer omnipresent in that way, if that makes sense. Yes. yes. Uh, so that's that's my opinion, and I'm sure there are people who agree or disagree. i got to take a break. Okay, thank, thank you for you. your call. Appreciate that. All right, Pastor Scott Show will be back. Final segment, open line Friday, 888-528-2557. I see your calls, Neil and JR, and others will be back as the Friday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com. 
or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Good to be back with you. And uh, by the way, this weekend, I am the guest speaker at Shepherd Church. Shepherdchurch.com is the website. And Shepherd Church is in Porter Ranch, San Fernando Valley. If you're looking for a church and you don't have one, you know, or if you just want to come by and say hi and visit, uh, check it out. S- Saturday night service at 6 and Sunday morning services at 9 and 11, Shepherd Church. And we're talking about the Mount Rushmore of Faith. And who would you put on that Mount Rushmore of Faith? I get the the second of four people that uh, this series is going to talk about. I'm looking forward to that. All right, let's get to the phones. Neil in uh, California. Where are you calling from, Neil, other than California? I'm calling uh, from Venice, California. Ah, from Venice. All right. It's going to be a nice weekend out there, Neil. Well, I hope so. Right now it's been very overcast. Yeah, I see that Uh, out there. It's a little smoggy, too, Uh, when I look out the window, yeah. I hate to say. Well, what else is new? <laughs> yeah. All right. What's uh, on your mind? It's a little, it's a little grimy and dirty too, with all the homeless and the tents. But uh, that's besides the point, sir. Um, because you're a pastor, and I just heard the last conversation about the rapture. I'd like to say that I don't believe in the rapture. Mm-hmm. Can I give you a quick scenario why? Uh, uh, first of all, there's no word in the Bible that says rapture. And the other thing is that if there's a rapture and, let's say, uh, an airplane full of 300 people is flying and both pilots are Christians Uh and they disappear, those people in that airplane have no second chance. And here's another thought is what about all the churches that right now are full of preachers, full of laymen, full of good people going out doing good works and everything else? and trying to save people and the literature and everything else that goes on, the Bible speakers, your radio show, all this good stuff that goes on, and it's all gone. Who Who's going to be there to handle these people who have, you know, basically followed Satan and are non-believers? Why would they convert then if they if they can't convert now. Well, there's a lot of different opinions about uh, what happens at the end times. And I think what's super important is that people really understand their Bibles and we don't want to be deceived. We want to make sure that we, we get it. And let's say that there is a rapture. You know, the the Word of God is still going to be here. People will notice disappearing people and planes falling out of the sky and they're going to want to know what happened and the Word of God's going to be there. And uh, like the last caller said, I think the Holy Spirit is there in that uh, in that way of thinking. Now, in the other way of thinking, if there if there's not a rapture, it all it all really comes down to the idea: does the does God remove the church? Are we part of uh, a dispensation that is different than the seven years or the last week of Daniel seventy weeks? Getting technical here, okay, with the prophecy. Uh, and being kind of short with it, you know, does the church have to be removed or does the church just get preserved through it? Um, and there's a lot of debate on that. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's a good reason to get into your Bible and get into why people believe the things that they believe. Uh, there's a part in the scriptures that says this is a time of Jacob's trouble. 
in a time when Michael stands up and delivers his people. So I think that it's a very bad deception for people to believe that, oh, because I'm a Christian, I'm going to be saved out of all the trouble that's coming. No, I think we're all going to have to go through the trouble together, and the real Christians will stand up, and the the fake Christians will fall. It could be. I mean, even if uh, that's not the case, I think it's going to be real troublesome long before that happens. For Christians, like either oh, way, yeah. the trouble's coming. No yeah. Matter All right, Neil, is that what you called about? Uh, yeah. Well, I just think unless there's Republican leadership that takes over in California and in the White House, uh, we're going to see that uh, time that's going to be either a rapture or a time of trouble. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, Neil, thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Jr. Where are you calling from, Jr. Uh, Los Angeles, California. All right. Hi, JR. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the show today. I'm listening for the first time today, too. Oh, all right. Uh, we got to so wait. We have a new, we have a noise. New listener. All right. Thank you for listening. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for my, uh, my trumpets and you, my embellishment. You're, uh, you're welcome. That, that, I appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, I, I was calling mainly to say uh, that it, that I do believe, uh, speaking to all the parents out there, that it is important to raise your kids in the church. Mm. And I understand that they're going to have to make their own choice and that nobody can force anything on anybody. I was raised in the church by two parents that loved me and cared about me. And they weren't perfect, but they loved me and they cared about me. After I got older, I went into the study of Hinduism, Buddhism. I practiced yoga. I went on to uh, New Age retreats, and I always felt a strong belief in God. Uh, But I guess I was kind of looking around at everything, and I always thought of myself as a Christian. I was baptized. I was confirmed. um, And I went to church, and some of my friends would say, you go to church? And I said, yeah, I go to church. I like to go to church, which was shocking to them, because I guess I was living a life that didn't appear like the life of a Christian to them, um, which I now look back on and completely understand. Uh, My whole life, the only thing that mattered to me was winning and losing. I was very judgmental. Um, I was haughty. Um, I I fornicated. and, And even though I thought of myself as a Christian, I had never really read the Bible. My parents tried to read the Bible with us a few times, but I had never read the Bible. Two years ago, my brother died of cancer. Mm. And and before that, we lost my dad. And before that, we lost my mom. And my brother and I were very close. We grew up together. We always had each other. And he was a Christian also. And after my mom and dad had passed, uh, I remember I said to my brother, you've read the whole Bible? And he said, yes. And I said, the whole thing, the Old Testament, the New Testament? And he said, yes. And I had never really read the Bible. Uh, We have an uncle who is a Baptist who teaches Sunday school, who encouraged us both to read the Bible. And after my parents died, my uncle wrote a book called uh, Directions to Heaven. And I started to become more and more and more interested in reading the Bible. So I started reading the Bible. When my brother died, I was holding his hand when he took his last breath, and I was praying with him and talking to him. And in that moment, I was born again, and everything changed for me. 
before that moment, the only thing I cared about was winning. And I thought if you won, you were, you were valid. And if you didn't, you were just a lazy loser. Mm. And, and in that moment, the only thing that mattered to me was becoming a disciple of Christ. And I dedicated my life to Christ. And, and I started reading the Bible for the first time. And I started in the New Testament. And I remembered when I was reading, I, I, I'm like, fornication, what, well, what does that mean? So I get out my iPhone, I, I look up fornication, and, and it says having sex outside of marriage. And I've never been married, and I've never had kids, and I had sex with a lot of different women. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, just another thing on the mountain of things I have to repent for, mm. um, fornication. We have just a few you know, seconds a few seconds left, JR. Okay, okay, so the, the thing I want to say to all the parents is after this moment happened to me, I was able to go back to the Bible and read it as the Word of God and take it on in a whole new meaning because I was raised in the church. And even though I felt like I was a Christian, I wasn't living as a Christian, but when that happened, I had somewhere to go. So I'm infinitely grateful to my yes. parents for raising me in, in the church. So I would say to everyone, it's a wonderful thing to plant the seed, to raise your children in church. Whatever happens in their life happens, but they will always have the knowledge of where to That's go right. in J- that moment. Yep. JR, I've got a hard break coming, but I really appreciate your testimony. That is a great way to end our show today. Thank you very much for calling and for listening. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We're on every day from 3 to 5 every weekday. Hope you can join us again. Thanks for listening, JR. All right, everybody. And I'll, I'm going to say this, too, is the thing about he's saying about the Scriptures is so true. And studies say that most church-going Christians have not read most of the Bible. Please get into your Scriptures. Do that and do that with your kids, with your family, and it builds a foundation, just like Jr. is talking about. It builds a foundation that people come back to later and that you will be glad you have. All right, we are done for the week. I see your calls. I won't get to them. Sorry about that, but we'll be back on Monday from 3 to 5. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can find me on social media. Just look up Scott Furrow, F-U-R-R-O-W, and I'll see you this weekend at Shepherd Church. God bless. Have a great weekend. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.